Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host, all you little kids with your pumped up kicks, you better run, better run as fast as you can. Uh, fast as his bullets. Faster like. than your bullets. Yeah, better run faster yeah. than his bullets. It's Micah, oh, and he's coming oh, out guns blazing. Guns blazing. <laughs> That's what my guns sound like. <laughs> I was so sure I had it, and then as I got to, that, I was like, actually, I forget what the words are. <laughs> <laughs> you better run, better run, because he's coming to town. <laughs> Yeah, just mix it up with a Frosty the Snowman or Santa Claus. What is that? Is it Jingle Bells? Santa Claus is coming to town? Santa Claus is coming to town. That's the... Bruce Springsteen uh, Man, did, that, did a version of that. That's that the one guy. I always think of. That guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, Welcome to Get Wrecked, folks. We are... Uh, we're going to get into some fun stuff today. Yeah, we got a big one, so usually we chat, but we're just going to get right into it. Yeah, because we're um, covering two things. Yeah, so last week, like we said, we got a viewer or a listener submission for a recommendation uh, from Carrie. Um, she recommended a band to us called Split Lip Rayfield, and she described them in her message to us as essentially bluegrass with a hard edge. So she said maybe like metal grass. As I Wikipedia'd and was looking into them a little bit, I saw a term called fast grass. I could I could definitely <laughs> tell tell that from the music. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So we're gonna be we're gonna dive into the them a little bit, and then after that, we're gonna talk about what I'm assuming is Micah's new favorite movie, Gummo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you can assume that. So let's just uh Let's uh, get into Split Lip Rayfield first. And thank you, Carrie, once again for the submission. Thank you for listening and giving us some feedback and giving us something to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. That's that's awesome. If um, We'll do this a little bit early. If you guys do want to get a hold of us and, and tell us to listen to some things, some recommendations, uh, you can find us on Snapchat. No, you can't. You can find us on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know why I always do that. I'm always like, it's Snapchat. We, we need to get a Snapchat. I'm that too way. old for a Snapchat. <clears throat> that's fair. I think I am too. Um, you can't find us on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook at Get Wrecked Pod. And then you can also email us at getrecpod at gmail.com. G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. And hey, you just saved me editing because now I'm not going to have to edit in the little piece I put when I normally do that. Oh, yeah. There you go. You Wait. You edit? That's That's the same one every time? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I recorded that one time, and then I just always put it into the episodes. You were here when I recorded it. At the very end? Or are you talking about the little intermission thing? Yeah, the little... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, the, okay. The little... In, I thought you were saying that at the end of every episode, you just took a sound clip and just put it on the back end. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I was going to say. Anyway. All right. So, Thor, what are your uh, initial impressions about this fast bluegrass band um 
So my first, the immediate feeling I got right away, my first feeling with these guys, I heard it and I'm probably going to sound like an asshole because I'm not like super knowledgeable to somebody who is like plugged into the bluegrass scene. Mm -hmm. I'm really not. When I hear it, I enjoy it. So when I heard this, the first thing I thought was Soggy Bottom Boys. (laughs) And I love me some Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I do love. And I love me some Soggy Bottom Boys. Yeah. And so they immediately, because they do a lot of those vocal harmonies. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah, have that real high-pitched singer in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So bluegrass people are probably like... There is a lot of bands that do that. But for yeah. me, I'm like, oh, it's just the Soggy it's Bottom Boys. Soggy That's like my only boys. frame of reference for that. Yeah. My, the, like the deepest into bluesgrass knowledge that I go is Allison Krauss, Nickel Creek, and Bela Fleck for the banjo. Oh, sure. Yeah. But that's about it for, for me. Beyond that, I'm, I'm not really, uh, too knowledgeable about prominent bands in, in the, uh, in that genre of music. So when I listened to it, I was pretty amazed at just how quickly these guys were plucking and strumming. It was when, like once it hit, it hit and it doesn't really stop much. Yeah, no, there's a couple songs that are slower, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I mean, they're blazing fast and it's a lot of fun. Yes. That was my, that was the first thing I noticed after I was, okay. Second thing. First thing was like, they kind of sing like Soggy Bottom Boys. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing I notice is it's really fast. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's almost um, it's almost overwhelming for me to try and, because when I like to listen to music, I like to analyze and pick apart and kind of find, um, you know, find the different tracks and listen to each part individually. And it was tough for me to really do that with this now granted we i didn't listen to this a ton a ton Mm -hmm. um just because i knew that we were going to be listening or prepping this with gummo uh so um so with that (laughs) i just i pulled up a spotify playlist that was this is split lip rayfield and listened through that so it was kind of a collection of their music from them yeah i did the same thing and i put them on kind of like the shuffle sure so favorite songs is, or are there some that really stood out to you that you really liked? Uh, the one that like really jumped out to me was this song called kiss of death. Dude, that's the one I liked the best as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was off of their never make it home album, which was done in 2010. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the artwork on all of their album covers too. Uh, it's got this real, I don't know. It's kind of like a, Western mixed with, um, what's that really, really famous like motorcycle chopper company brand? Harley Davidson? Not them. No. Um, that's the only one I know. Oh, uh, they're, I think they're, they're called choppers. I know Kawasaki makes no. motorcycles, <laughs> no. but I'm thinking they're not the kind you're it's, talking it's about. Not, not who I'm you know what um, I know less about than bluegrass? What? Motorcycles. motorcycles? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, they're like the motorcycles with the really long handlebars and the really just like big front tires. 
And on the tank of the motorcycle is just some cool flames, like okay. like tribal flame type of type of artwork. Sure, mix that artwork with country, and that's kind of the feeling that the album covers are giving me. Yeah, I get that. I love they really have that classical old school Americana vibe. Yeah. Once and once again, I mean, it reminded me a lot of probably that period of the '40s and '50s. Same as like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, that early to mid 19th century or 20th century rather America. Yeah. They're Just, still they're still touring too. I saw that they're they're doing tours. Oh, really? Currently, yeah. So yeah, I did look into them. There's not um not a ton of history um at least that I could find. I'm sure anybody who's been, you know, these guys their first album I think they got together in like 1995. Yeah. So anybody who's been a band for that long, I'm sure they got stories. Oh, I'm sure. Um, But as far as what I could find was pretty limited. So the band is uh, from Wichita, Kansas. Okay. And it is comprised of Kirk Rundstrom on the guitar, Eric Martis on the banjo, and goddamn, shout out to Eric Martis. The banjo player? Yeah, Eric. Yeah. If you're listening, and goddamn, I hope that you are. You can banjo. Boy, dude, boy, you, your fingers must got blisters on them all day, every day. Because <laughs> that banjo, that for me, music-wise, mm-hmm. that's the highlight, is the banjo. It really shines. Yeah. That yeah. guy is awesome. I um, mean, a lot of these guys, The did you talk about the mandolin player? Because I feel like he's he kind of shined for me, too. Oh Just, yeah, for sure. Wayne Gottstein. Yeah, is the mandolin player. Mandolin and, is such a weird instrument to play because you put those little like picks on your fingers and then just pluck it with your fingers mm-hmm. because it's it's wild to me that people can be that dexterous with their fingers with strings that are that close to each yeah, other. Yeah, as a guitar player, I sometimes play with a thumb pick. Sure. And I have a set of little finger picks. Yeah. Because you can play the guitar, the banjo, the mandolin, mm-hmm. all those. I mean, I'm pretty sure the banjo as well gets played with the little finger picks. Okay. But I couldn't figure them out. It, it is a skill that, like, I'm sure with practice, just like anything else, you get used to it. But yeah, that's. It gives it a very unique sound. And from my perspective, very difficult thing to do as a you know, kind of just like a traditional finger style guitar player. Yeah. Um, and then last person on there is Jeff Eaton on the bass. And once again, all these guys are incredible. I think they all stand out at different spots for me though. The banjo really just brung it home. At least most of the songs that I really enjoyed. And uh, I guess early on. So this is interesting. The group's gimmick, according to this was, uh, Eaton, the bass player. He had a homemade, one string bass named Stitch Giver, and it was built from the gas tank of a 1976 Mercury Grand Marquis and a piece of hickory strung with one piece of a weed whacker. What? <laughs> I, guess, I guess that was their, that was kind of their, uh, their gimmick apparently early on. And the name Split Lip Rayfield comes from a kid they went to high school with who always had dry chapped lips. Uh, so they just, is that what they called him as kids? They called him split lip. <laughs> That's awesome. And I don't even think it was one of the band members. I yeah, think it was just somebody they some... went to high school and they were like, Oh, Oh, old split lip over old there. Split lip. Um, 
And, and once again, I don't have a ton of info on them. The only other thing I found that's certainly worth noting, um, let's see. Uh, so early in 2006, while they were on tour, Runstrom, who was the guitar player, um, essentially got diagnosed with cancer. And by, I believe it was... 2007 yeah february of 2007 he passed Mm. um which is a shame that is a shame um and they decided to continue playing without a replacement um and dedicating each show to him and uh so i guess it's just the three of them them now and now they just play without a guitar player that that would be my assumption or maybe they have somebody sit in i i'm not entirely sure doesn't give that but i mean it's a shame and i think they've made music since then so at least you know they're still out there they're still making music Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm looking at some pictures online right now and Mm -hmm. they're still did you see this one string bass no did you see it you got to take a picture or take a look at it it's ridiculous looking it's absolutely ridiculous i freaking love it because it is just a string, and it's like a neon orange. You can tell he pulled it right from Home Depot. He just, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, he probably slides his hand up and down that neck real, well, like he's having a good time. He's got to, right? With all the, with all the notes <laughs> I'm not there. entirely sure I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I can't find a picture of it. Oh, here, here. Yeah, just uh, let me see. Oh, very cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the thing looks freaking sweet. I wonder what made him decide to do that rather than, I don't know, just get a bass. Probably because it was fun. Maybe, yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest. They're from Wichita, Kansas, the music they're playing. I'm guessing these are some guys that are pretty comfortable building shit. They're real men. They're not like you and me, Micah. (laughs) (laughs) They're real men. They're like, give me a project, I'll do it. You know, like, they could probably... They could probably build an addition on your deck in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I've, I've been putting together a flower bed for Ashley. And her dad came over for Father's Day. And we were talking. I'm like, hey, I'm still working on the flower bed. Because basically when I have free time, I'm going out and doing it. I'm making, it's like a 20-foot long, three-foot high flower bed. It's mm-hmm. huge. So... I was like, hey, John, do you want to go check out the flower bed? He goes, oh, I saw it. And and John is a real man. He's like a man's man. He's like the type who, if something needs done, he'll just go out and buy the industrial grade machine to go ahead and do it. Yeah, so he's, I've only met him a couple times, but he strikes me as the type of guy who like never smiles with his teeth yeah. because it shows weakness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. So I was like, you see the flower bed I'm making out there? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. If you need help finishing it, let me know. I'm like, all right, well, if I do, I'll let you know. He goes, okay, if I come over, I'm going to tear it all down and do it right. <laughs> like, okay, okay, John, that's great. Thanks. Thanks. I told him, I said, I'm, John, I'm a, uh, I'm a get things done kind of guy, and if I have to, you know, skirt the edges a little bit, I will. <laughs> <laughs> very funny yeah yeah but these guys these guys are are uh are pretty cool how do you feel about the whole edginess um that comes with them okay so i really enjoy this lyric wise uh i like what split lip rayfield does 
is they kind of use this a lot of it comes from the music they're playing but also just his language kind of has this classic almost once again americana literary feel Mm -hmm. but they're talking about modern day stuff yeah like like doing coke and and drinking and having a good time and coming home uh too late with your woman yelling at you (laughs) or what was the one i was i was listening to it on the way here it was called uh redneck tailgate dream oh yeah 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 (laughs) and now that's another one that's like blazing fast yeah real quick and 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 so i like that because it's this kind of like tongue-in-cheek humor that's not it's not over the top and it's not like crude or crass or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of like fun mm-hmm. and it's fun and lighthearted yeah. and done in a way that feels, it feels old timey, but also at the same time, not which sure. Kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that they're not trying to be super sophisticated with their lyrics, which I can really appreciate personally. Yeah. Like they're not trying to be overly poetic um, like Alison Krauss, I think she's really poetic in yeah, she's in, incredible in their yeah, lyrics, and there's a place for that, absolutely 100 percent sure. But that's that's not these guys. That's not these guys. They yeah. are out to have fun. Yeah, I love I love it because it sounds like my ideal situation for listening to this mm-hmm. would be at like a barbecue. These guys yeah. would be great if we were out out back. We got some burgers and dogs on. The kids are playing. We're drinking some beers, having some laughs. Mm-hmm. And then this was playing in the background. Be perfect. Yep. Good old US of A vibes. That's what that is. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah. are so Americana. It's so good. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Now, I'm not a, I I will say my only like criticism isn't of them specifically. It's of this style of music. Is that I don't think it fits into my day to day life. I would agree. Typically, with that. yeah. I listened to it a little bit at the gym, and I didn't love it. <laughs> I it don't was, know if this is it gym. Was, music. It wasn't great music for the gym. <laughs> um, but I listened to it doing some stuff around the house, and uh, I listened to it at work. It was great work music. It was fine. Um, but I just think for my day to day, I will definitely come back to these guys. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna be on like a regular listener playlist though. Sure. Aside from maybe Kiss of Death. I really like that song. Kiss of Death was pretty solid. Yeah. I am the kiss of death. death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well cool. Well um thank you, Carrie. Uh, that is awesome to to get this recommendation and uh it's certainly nothing that I would have ever come across. Um I often judge a book by its cover or an album by its cover. Mm-hmm. And even though earlier I said that I liked the music, I would have, n- I'm sorry, that I liked the artwork of the albums, I would have never clicked play. I'd have been like, oh, that's kind of fun, and just moved on. Yeah, but not for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, but that's because I would, I would buy albums uh, back when you would still buy CDs. I would just go into Target or FYE, and if I didn't know the band, but I liked the artwork, I would just buy the CD and see how see how it was. Um, and in fact, that's how I bought or got into all of my music. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but then a weird thing happened where I could start to tell if I would like the music based on the artwork of the album. So even if, like in this case, where I would see the artwork and I go, oh, that's pretty cool. I would still know 
that's cool, but it's the music is not for me. So yeah. I'm not going to spend my, you know, 12 bucks on that album. Well, at least if you had that kind of foresight then. But now but now this proves that you probably were wrong many times. I, at least at, once. At, or, or there's a <laughs> likelihood you were wrong. Yeah. Certainly. Sure. Yeah. Um But yeah, Carrie, this was this was good. Yep. I think we both enjoyed it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly did. So thank you very much for sending us that. That recommendation. Thanks for the yeah. email. We really appreciate you. And, and you know what? I said I wasn't going to put it in, but hey, anybody else, if you would like us to, you would like to hear us do your recommendation on the show, go ahead. Uh, I'm about to play something for you. Listen to that and go where it tells you and send it to us. This is our we'll Snapchat it on the ad. Show. It's our Snapchat ad, right? <laughs> yeah, the ad on Snapchat. Put yeah. it in now, future Thor. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Alrighty, folks, once again, thank you, Carrie, for Split Lip Rayfield. That was a cool recommendation, but now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode we are reviewing a film from 1997 the debut film of writer and director harmony corinne it is called gummo now my history with this film was when i was in high school my good friend and you also knew him justin broadbeck came to me and he was like i found this insane movie at hollywood video that's all he said. I found this insane movie at Hollywood Video, and we watched it. This And I've always, for my whole life, been like, that's the weirdest movie I've ever seen. You can't find it anywhere. When we started the show, I was like, it has to be on here. <laughs> and then I randomly came across it the other, like, last week when we were recording. I was like, oh, my God, I found it. That wasn't even supposed to be the recommendation that day. Oh, really? But once I found it on Vimeo... I was like, because sometimes these things disappear. Yeah. So I was like, we have to get it in now while it's still on there. <laughs> I forgot. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have recommended this movie because it is. I remembered that it was insane. Uh-huh. But folks, just be warned. If you want to go watch Gummo on Vimeo, it's G-U-M-M-O. Just be warned. It is an experimental drama film. And it dives into some of the darkest reaches of humanity. And it is not a pleasant watch. And it's not really intended to be. It's not just weird. It's also, in, uh, I, I don't even know, like stomach turning in many parts. So with that pretty cool intro about the movie, Micah, what were your initial thoughts what on the Gummel? What the fuck, <laughs> this was so oh um yeah uh you know i didn't care much for it 
just going to be honest with you. If I'm being honest, I'm a little surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did I say surprised? I mean, yeah. not surprised at all. So, can I read the text that you sent me? Yeah. Because this was great. I hadn't watched the movie yet. And then I think that I'm just playing a board game with Ashley. She and I are playing this game that my parents just bought us. And Thor says, you watch Gummo yet? I'm like, not yet. Tomorrow. Thor goes, okay. I just wanted to warn you. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> that, um, that the movie is 100% insane, but I forgot just how dark it is. It dives into some seriously dark and uncomfortable stuff. Just be prepared. You may be in a dark place after watching this. <laughs> to which Micah responded with like a gif of like, oh, really? Like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Thor says this. He adds to it. And just so you know, no animals were harmed during the making of this film. That's important to know. <laughs> So it is very important to know. So I kind of entered this with a bit of trepidation. And now that I've seen the movie, rightfully so, because the movie basically starts out not immediately, but it starts out and this kid's just holding a cat walking down a yard and he's got it by the scruff and then he just drowns it in a barrel. Yeah, that's the opening. It opens on this weird, and there's a lot of these where it's just like weird cut up footage that looks like home video. Home videos, yeah. And and like weird songs or like kids singing. And there's just this kid singing like something about like, I love pussies. I want to see your put Something like this weird kid. And then it opens on a kid, probably like 14 years old, in nothing but swim trunks. And a pair of pink bunny ears. Mm -hmm. And he's on an overpass, smoking a cigarette with cars going by. And probably the best part of the movie is the song that plays there. It's this old lady. It's like an old, like, kid's rhyme. I love my little rooster, and my rooster loves me. I'm gonna cherish that rooster beneath the green bay tree. Yeah. The rooster goes... And then she goes through a bunch of animals. Yeah, it's one of those songs where you sing that again, but then you add an animal to it, and then you repeat it. And you know, by the end of the song, you're listing off twelve different animals. Yeah, hold on, let me actually find the name of that. Yeah, that, uh, that... it is a traditional children's song called "My Little Rooster," and it's Almeida Riddle's recording of that. Okay, so honestly. I wouldn't suggest going to watch this movie unless you're a sadist, but you can go listen to Almeida Riddle's version of I Love My Little Rooster. I think that's better than the movie as a whole. Yeah, so so this film, um, it follows the tales, the adventures, if you want to call them that, of two boys. One is kind of a, one of his teenager, and one is probably like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, the young boy is played by Jacob Reynolds is Solomon. And then Nick Sutton plays a guy named Tumblr. Tumblr. That's what it and was. Tumblr is an old vaudeville term for like an opening comedian, essentially. Okay. So that's kind of why he's like wacky and goofy and has that part where he's like, 
they they talk about how how charismatic yes. he is. Yeah. And at one point, he's kind of like doing jokes. He's doing essentially like a vaudeville type comedy act in yeah. the film. Yeah. So so there's not in from from what I gathered, there is not much of an overarching narrative in this movie. I mean, there is a little bit, but it's intertwined and kind of spliced with a whole bunch of random shit. Yeah. Like random home videos, like we were talking about earlier. So the premise of the film really is it takes place in Xenia, Ohio, which is a small town in Ohio that was struck by a tornado in the 1970s. And then this film, you know, is filmed in 1997. And it wasn't filmed in Xenia, Ohio. It was filmed in Harmony's hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. But it's it's really just supposed to be a look at the life of a town devastated by a tornado that never recovered. So really, it's just a film about white poverty. It's just white trash people, and it's a look at that. So it's kind of like a collage. It's less of a film yeah. and more of a collage of sadness. I, I could definitely understand, because I think that you mentioned the collage allegory earlier, like mm-hmm. when you were recommending it to me. I definitely see that yeah. with this. Uh, it does, there's maybe like two or three like plot narratives, like arcing narratives, but they're loose at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, um, they really hate cats in this place because everybody's killing cats. Yeah, that's um, Solomon and Tumblr. That's their whole deal. Yeah, is because basically Solomon follows around Tumblr. They're they're buds, but Tumblr is a good bit older than him, a couple years older than him, and so their whole what they do pretty much every day is they go around killing cats with BB guns, and then they sell those cats to a guy who owns a grocery store. And then that guy sells those cats to the local Chinese restaurant. Yep. And But not only do they shoot cats with BB guns pretty frequently in the movie, uh, they also string them up and, like, smack them with sticks. Uh-huh. Or just, like, stomp on them. Uh, like I said, <laughs> yeah. the bunny ear kid, he just grabs cats and drowns them in water. Yep. Um. Yeah. Oh, there's... There's... N- there's not much to enjoy in this film. In fact, I don't know if I really enjoyed anything in this film, personally. Like, you got to see Chloe Savini's tits. Okay. A young, hot Chloe Savini <laughs> and her and her sister. There's like these two blonde <laughs> sisters. And <laughs> that's like the second scene in the movie. Yeah. It's these two like teenage sisters. One of them is Chloe Savini, who was dating Harmony Corinne. Okay. And she actually uh, did the costume. She was like the lead costume designer. Okay. And basically she took the people's actual own wardrobes and then went to like local thrift stores to make to make the outfits. Oh, okay. Um, but in any case, yeah, they're there with their shirts off and they have duct tape over their nipples. And what she's doing, because her sister's a little younger than her, She's teaching her how to make her nipples look better. So they put the tape on their nipples and then just rip it off to like make them red and puffy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> and meanwhile, the whole time they're doing it, they're like eight year old sister is there. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Uh, yeah, they, they were meant to represent like homeschooled, like homeschooled kids. OK. Yeah, it it was very I don't know. And then there were they're not 
so that oh i don't even know where to start with this thor um so the two solomon and what was tumbler tumbler that was kind of one thing that it followed and then it also followed the two sisters um and then there were weird interspersed like scenes where like there was a drunk guy uh macking it with a gay midget yeah that's actually harmony corinne oh that that's guy is the harmony writer corinne? and director of the movie yeah not the gay black midget or the black midget wasn't gay i don't think i think you... yeah he's a black midget sitting there in his underwear and a wife beater next to this young skinny white guy in like a god what do they call it? a windbreaker tracksuit yeah and it's just like a dead on like they're doing an interview Mm -hmm. Um, And the drunk kid is Harmony Corinne. And he's talking about, I had a lesbian midwife. Yes. And my dad didn't love me. And he's just hug me. And the (laughs) the midget's like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, just come, just kiss me. Just kidding. He's like, nah, I'm good. He's like, just give me a hug. He's like, okay, man, I'll hug you. But no weird shit. Yeah. But but there was like no context for that. Was there? No, there was not. Okay. All right. Good. All right. I'm just making sure. Because... It was a little bit tough for me to follow because things like that would happen and I would think, okay, maybe I need to pay attention to that because it's in the movie. Yeah, you didn't need to pay attention to that. Yeah. And and that wasn't the only thing like that. There were There's just... lots of scenes. There was this scene of these two skinhead brothers who yeah. and they tell this because all the it's like there'll be a scene. You'll get like a two to five minute scene. And then it will be intercut with about a minute of these weird montage with either weird music or like a kid's voice telling a strange story or just reciting weird poetry Mm -hmm. or something nonsensical. And then it'll just flash to a different scene of different people in this town. Yeah. And one of them are these two brothers that just like fight each other they yeah, just they, like punch each other and get into a fight in their kitchen yeah they start just like shoving into each other and then brothers do this all the time right like they'll they'll kind of like push and then the other one will push back a little bit harder and then the other one will push back a little bit harder and then now one of them's actually angry so they actually push and then they get yeah. into a fight but through the whole thing they're laughing they're yeah like, but they're they're and they're legitimately like, it's not like uh, they're not stunt actors. They're not play fight. They're legitimately punching each other in the face. You can hear it. Yeah. It's just a film of two guys punching each other in the head. Yeah. And then after they're done, they're like, all right, so what are you making for dinner? Yeah. And then that's the end of the scene. I'm like, what was that all about? Yeah. Yeah. Really? The only narratives it follows is Solomon and Tumblr. They kind of have a storyline. Mm-hmm. And then the sisters played by Chloe Savini. And I'm not sure who the, her sister was. Um, and the sisters Dot and Dawn, their storyline is essentially, they're like homeschooled girls and they have a cat foot foot that they love and foot foot goes missing and they're looking for foot foot. I'll give you one guess what happened to foot foot. <laughs> Cats don't last too long in this goddamn town. Yeah. Not basically. too long at all. <laughs> there was a whole other scene where I'm pretty sure it was just another batch of random people that they were just all talking about how they killed cats. Yeah. And then, uh, they start using the N word mm-hmm. and this, and so I'm just going to use the word, um, 
uh, Ninja. Ninja. Okay. And so it's this girl. And once again, this doesn't feel like a movie. It looks like, and we'll get to this. I don't think any of this was actual. This wasn't scripted. It was just an interview with these people right. who are essentially like, yeah, I hate, I just can't stand ninjas. I hate them. And then the, his like sister or friend or somebody is like, I don't know. Uh, I used to date, what's it? Or I used to date this guy and his, you know, he, his sister dated a ninja and they, they were some good ninjas. Yeah. Like it's once it does not shy away from racist, horrible white poverty. It really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and just poverty in general. It's just most of the people are in a small white town, so it's all white people. Um, and so they dive into racism. They dive into probably the worst, most horrific part of the movie. And I, I'm, I want to talk about it real quick. We don't need to spend too long on it. But the part when I sent you that message, <laughs> and I'm sure you can guess. So... Solomon and Tumblr, they kill the cats uh-huh. and then they get 13 bucks because they killed 13 cats uh, from the grocery store guy. And then they go to a guy's house. And as soon as they walk in, the guy's like, hey, hey, you got the money? You got the money? And it's like this weird guy's in a bathrobe and undies. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so you guys want to fuck her? And they're like, yeah. And so Tumblr goes back first to have sex with, you're assuming it's like his wife. He's like, make sure to put that bathrobe on. And then he goes, and once Tumblr walks in, you just see the guy peek up over the door, and he like keeps playing with his nipple. It's like, yeah, yeah it was very like weird. Shaking his nipple. Once again, I saw this in high school. You better believe we were shaking our nipples like that constantly. <laughs> it was just very, because like that is kind of, comical okay yeah but yeah he's basically peeping on this kid guy fucking his wife is your assumption uh-huh. but then solomon is like you're up next and once again solomon's like 12 yeah and so the first you only get the outside perspective but then when solomon goes into this bedroom you get to see who's in there and it's this guy's uh daughter who has down syndrome yeah and Solomon actually is very sweet to her and just wants to like talk to her and tell her how beautiful she is. Um, and it's actually kind of sweet if not for the fact that you understand the premise of why he's there and what's going on. It's probably one of the darkest pieces of film I've ever seen. Yeah. And so things like that, I just don't, I just don't see the point of that as a film. Like, Oh, I get that. And that's why I texted because I was like, oh my God, I forgot all about this. Because <laughs> I was watching, I'm like, I I don't want anybody to watch this. Like, it's <laughs> like, I can, I, I don't sure. know. Me, I can watch that kind of stuff and compartmentalize and be like, I get what he's trying to do. But like, I wouldn't ask somebody to watch that because it made me feel very bad. And I was like, I don't want anybody else to feel that way. Yeah. And it's, it's a dark it's dark subject matter. Yeah, I, I guess I can, I can, I can watch a movie with that type of content if I feel like there's something to be said about the content of the film. Okay, so, that makes sense. Yeah, so this wasn't that though. Yeah, there's no. 
it's, like, it's just showing, it's like, look at it. Yeah, like to go back to Clockwork Orange, there's a lot of interesting discussions that can be had about that movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like that movie, and I felt like the conversations could be had without that movie. Sure. But at the same time, I can understand somebody watching it and enjoying it. I say enjoying. Um, taking... F- Things from that mm-hmm. and either expanding their mindset or thinking uh, deeply about it or having interesting conversations about it. I don't feel like this is that type of movie. No, it's it's genuinely brutal for brutal's sake, if that makes sense. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. Um, is there any other like scenes or anything in the film you want to talk about? Um, Once again, it's all just kind of like a hodgepodge class because the actual... I didn't know this until I had you watch it. And I was like, I'm going to start looking into this because I had like a vague knowledge. Yeah. I think the actual story of the film is, to me, more interesting and better than the film itself. Oh, like the story behind yeah. behind it? Sure. Yeah, I I might agree. I kind of skimmed a Wikipedia on yeah. it just to kind of get a little bit of an idea of what what was going on behind the scenes. Something that I thought was interesting was this guy did... Uh, the movie Spring Breakers with James Franco. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that? No, I've heard it's not good, though. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever... I've I've never seen it, but the movie Kids... Um, I'd have to see it. It's similar. It's, it's also from around the same time period, 97, 98. Okay. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it. And it's basically about a bunch of teenagers in New York City, like running around skating and smoking and drinking and doing drugs and like trying to get laid with like other teenagers. Okay. It's, it's another one of those movies where it's like, from what I've heard about it, it's a tough watch and dives into some pretty (laughs) tough subject matter. Cool. Um, so Ed, that's one of those where, like, I know the name and I know people are like, this movie's crazy. I've never actually seen it. Yeah. Like, uh, he wrote that. I don't think that I've seen it just based on the quick IMDb search. Yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of Harmony Corinne's goal with this movie was, once again, it was meant to be an experimental film. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably be unsurprised to learn that only five of the actors in the film were actually professional actors. Okay. The rest of them were either friends of his or people he met off the street. Once again, this was filmed in his hometown of Nashville. And he literally just walked around in like bowling alleys and parking lots asking people, hey, do you want to be in my movie? (laughs) Um, So the only actual actors are Jacob Reynolds, who played Solomon. Okay. uh, Chloe Savini, who played Dot. Uh, Linda Manns, who played Solomon's mom. Okay. Who, that's another weird scene where weird she's scene. like tap dancing and trying to get him to smile. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't smile, she puts like a fake gun to his head and she's like, you better smile or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And that was her first. She was a big actor in like the 60s and 70s. It had been almost 20 years and she since comes she had into, acted. She comes into that. Yeah. Cool. Because Harmony like <laughs> loved her. Okay. And then the guy, the weird nipple guy, he's an actor apparently as well. <laughs> uh, Max Perlick. Yeah. Yeah. So not a ton of actual actors. Most of the people who are actors and for him, what he said was like, I don't, I don't care about how people deliver the lines. That's not as important to me as just kind of the way they look. If they feel like the character I'm trying to portray. 
Um, so for example, Nick Tumler or Nick Sutton, who played Tumler, we didn't get into the fact that they huffed model glue. Oh, that's right. There's a did. lot of them like huffing glue. Yeah. So he found Nick Sutton on an episode of like Ricky Lake or Sally Jesse Raphael, yeah. one of those daytime talk shows, which was about kids doing inhalants. So he was, he's legitimately like a recovering addict oh, at the time of the filming. I don't know if he still is. He went back. No idea. Yeah. But yeah, he was in his real life. He was somebody <laughs> who huffed inhalants and he wanted somebody who really knew that experience to portray it. He was less worried about how somebody delivered lines. Um, The two skinhead brothers who fought, mm-hmm. that was like his buddies from high school. Oh, okay. Um, The weird scene in the kitchen where it's Tumblr and his dad and everyone's drinking. Yeah. And the one guy like wrestles a chair. <laughs> yeah. The guy who wrestles the chair, that's Mark Gonzalez, who is a professional skateboarder. He's like one of the godfathers of street skating. Oh, okay. Who is one of Harmony's like good friends. And then the other guy, the big tall white guy, uh, was somebody who had gotten released from prison like a couple days before filming that. Hmm. Uh, the black midget, uh, that's another guy who like Harmony just knew. It was just a friend of his. Yeah. And from what he said is he let people kind of improvise lines and stuff. That's why I said that scene where they're talking about the ninjas and talking about legitimately killing cats and it doesn't feel like a movie. It just feels like a documentary. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. <clears throat> hmm. I, I also, I read that he wanted... To go along with that improvisation, he wanted everybody who was in the movie to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the quote that I saw was, if they're a crackhead and they want to go do crack between shoots, yep, I saw it. go do crack between shoots. I don't care. Yeah, which is pretty heavily implying that some of the people you saw in that film were high on crack cocaine. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so from what I saw, he said also only about... 75% of the finished film was scripted. Huh. <laughs> was it the over, uh, like the voiceovers when, cause there was like a really weird. Well, and once again, probably the ones with the actors were yeah. mostly scripted, probably, but where you get those weird cutscenes or like the brothers fighting, mm-hmm. that's not scripted. That scene in the kitchen where they're arm wrestling. Um, and also there's two girls. One of the girls was pregnant at the time. Jeez. And the other one was like some kind of recovering addict, I believe. So all that stuff, like not scripted. They <sighs> were just literally that scene specifically. Uh-huh. The, oh gosh, what's his name? I, I don't know who this person is. So to help him film and achieve the vision of the film, uh, Corinne sought out a guy named, a French cinematographer named Jean Vis Escoffer. I heard this. Who is apparently a big deal in French film. And his work on these films called Leo Carex, Les Amantes Du, and Pont Neuf made a tremendous impression on Corinne. And this guy apparently typically has a really high price tag to work with. And he lowered his price significantly so that he could work with Harmony. But in any case, that guy... That scene in where they're just in a kitchen getting drunk and arm wrestling and fighting a chair. Yeah. There's nobody else in the film. They put a camera on a boom 
and then closed the doors. So yeah. nobody was given direction. They didn't tell them what the scene was supposed to be. Huh. So that's all fully improvised. And Sheesh. none of them are actors. <laughs> and what you got is that. Yeah. It's weird. It's, um, it's a weird film, Thor. He really wanted to kind of bring to light because they went to really poor neighborhoods of Nashville. So some of the houses, if you see in the film, there's like bugs crawling up the wall. That's real. They went into somebody, they were like all the sets were, were not homes. sets. They were actually just people's houses. Like, And some of these looked like hoarders houses. One of them, there was 15 people living in one of these houses. Oh my That's gosh. one. And there's cockroaches crawling up the wall. It was so disgusting and so many cockroaches that the, the crew basically in protest were like, we will not film in here unless you give us hazmat suits. And Harmony's perspective was like, we're coming into these people's home. That's incredibly rude. Okay. So he got them their hazmat suits. But then that day when they filmed him and the French cinematographer, they wore speedos and flip flops Uh. as to kind of, as like a fuck you to the crew, the rest of the crew. Jeez. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes of this film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've re- I've seen some things like if just go to IMDb and look at the trivia page for this film. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like some of them, like apparently they got the police called on them like a couple times because people thought they were shooting like child pornography. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> there's weird shit going on. Yeah. Evident. So evidently that twister that happened in that time, evidently it was a really bad tornado that tore up a whole bunch of um whole bunch of houses. Yeah. Like it wasn't just a standard obviously every tornado has the potential of being awful, but this one like hit and it hit hard. Yeah. Um which is wild to think about cuz the the voiceover at the beginning of the film I thought was pretty intense. I don't know if it's Solomon who's the voiceover, but it sounds like a young kid. Kind of sounded like him cuz he has a weird like almost a lisp. Yeah. The kid that talks in the beginning. Yeah. And he, Solomon kind of has a weird voice too. Yeah. But he talks about how he saw people just flying through the air. That they were found finding body parts just randomly laid across roofs of houses. And then he would make a comment about how it was funny. It, it was very strange. But that uh, that tornado sounds like it was pretty awful. Like more so than... Yeah. What you normally deal with. Yeah. So, and that's what he really wanted to portray was like people living in the aftermath of this horrible event. Um, and so this film, like you probably won't be surprised, but film, this film is kind of universally loved by like, uh, I guess you call them like iconoclasts. Those really hoity toity film people. Gusts me. So, why like what why you'll probably tell me you know it's those people who say oh it's so bold and so daring and And he's so such a brave filmmaker it's that which i know you and i are both kind (laughs) of on the same page we're not huge fans of yeah that type of filmmaking like i appreciate the effort and i appreciate the act of trying to do something different like that but I'm also not going to sit and sit, put it in my list of like top hundred films or, or even top thousand. Yeah. Fuck that. No way, man. Cause it's not fun to watch. 
um, you know who Werner Herzog is. Yeah. Um, so in the scene where Solomon's eating spaghetti in the bath, mm-hmm. disgusting scene, and then he yes. eats a chocolate bar and it drops in the bath and he eats it. Yeah. There is a piece of bacon taped to the wall behind him. And Werner Herzog said, when I saw a piece of fried bacon fixed to the bathroom wall in Gummo, it knocked me off my chair. Crin's a very clear voice of a generation of filmmakers that is taking a new position. It's not going to dominate world cinema, but so what? You know what I mean? It's just... So dumb. Yeah, no, once again, it's... (laughs) So dumb. No, it's these highfalutin film people just all jerking each other off. That's who it was made for, and that's who loves it. I, for me, like I said, I feel bad that I recommended this. Because honestly, I rewatched and I'm like, God, I, as a teenager, I didn't realize how insane it is. Sure. You know, I knew it was insane and weird, mm-hmm. but like, I just didn't, I don't think I had the emotional depth to understand like how dark and disgusting some of the stuff in the film really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, there's things that you pick up on too, as an adult that even as a teenager, you're, you might not pick up on. So I can get that, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this one. It was not um it wasn't necessarily fun to watch. And I'm happy that it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about oh, oh, actually I got one more fun fact for you. Oh, okay. This film initially, the Motion Picture Academy or whatever, they were like, it's way too graphic and way too controversial. And so the film, the final film is toned down extensively. That's disgusting. Dude, like, I don't know, like what else, (laughs) what else are you missing? Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I I do remember watching this and thinking, I've got to be almost done with this film. I've got to be. And then I clicked the the button on my, because I watched it on my phone. I hit the, the pause button I was a half hour into the film for. <laughs> yeah. I was a half hour and I'm like, are you kidding me? It does drag a little bit. Oh my gosh. Oh, actually, here's the actual US censors described it as nihilistic in its intentions. What the- <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of perfect, that right? That is perfect, yeah. What is the point? And so he toned down a lot of the content. Good for him. Yeah. You know? I mean, oh, and good- last fun fact, the the name Gummo comes from the fifth Marx brother who left before they found success. What does that have to do with the film? I guess Harmony Corinne thought this was a bit of a comedy. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know, classic slapstick Cla- comedy where yeah. you're killing, you're drowning, drowning cats, cats and abusing uh, people with mental disabilities. Uh. You know, that stuff. This this film sucks, <laughs> dude. I mean, but you needed to see it. No, I didn't. <laughs> you needed to see it. I didn't need to watch this. Somebody at all. else needed to see this. I couldn't be the only one holding this uh. inside of me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So actually... I was talking to our buddy Zach McCrary yesterday. Oh, geez. And I was telling him, like, hey, we're recording tomorrow. This is the film. Yeah. And I was like, have you seen it yet? Have you ever seen this? And he was like, no. And so I explained to him a little bit. Okay. 
And he was like, Thor, why would you do that? We just made him, I just made him watch the Holy Mountain. So I told him I was going to do this. And I think it's a good idea. I would like you, before we rate the film. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? Actually, no. Let's let's go to ratings first. How are you going to rate this, Micah? One. One out of ten? Can I go lower? On a scale of one to ten mutilated cats. Uh, yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> one. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. So, I and I kind of, as I was watching, I was like, I feel like I know this, but I think it'll just be fun. Okay. So, can you give me a ranking from... Because there are four things we've done on here that you have absolutely hated. Uh-huh. So... What's that number for you, Thor? Probably like one, maybe two. <laughs> okay. All right. All two. Right. Nah, maybe two. Two. Okay. Honestly, this two. Yeah, three. Three. <laughs> okay. All right. Absolutely hated probably three. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you're going to list what you hate the least... To what you hate the most. You hate all of these things. Okay. So we get the Star Wars Holiday Special. Mm, okay. We have a Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. We have a Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. And then we have Gummo. Which ones do you hate the least? Like, if you if you had to, gun to your head, you had to watch all four of these movies. Uh, again? Or gun to your head, like, you got to watch one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Which one would you like would to I watch? watch? Um... Probably Star Wars. Okay. I'd probably watch Star Wars right. above all of these other ones. Okay. And then after that? Um, what are the choices? Holy Mountain, Clockwork, and... And Gummo. Uh, Clockwork. Okay. And then between the Holy Mountain and Gummo. Oh, man. Which one did you hate more? <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, I... I don't know. They're both so bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that I don't like the Holy Mountain more than I don't like Gummo. Okay. I think. Is that... Is it because Gummo is a little bit shorter than the Holy Mountain? There is that. Yeah, Gummo is shorter. <laughs> it does have that going for it. I also I also don't know if the animals in the Holy Mountain were actually hurt and harmed. Okay. So you telling me that in Gummo, the cats actually weren't killed. Yeah, most of them were just like, uh, got, like puppets, sure. essentially. Sure makes it a lot more manageable and feasible. I That might be the case for the Holy Mountain. Who knows? Yeah. But like a whole bunch of frogs and lizards were just blown up. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then the whole thing with the pit bull fight at the end of that movie. So, yeah. Uh, Holy Mountain is still, I'm going to say it's at the bottom. Did I give Holy Mountain a one? If I, think I didn't, gave it a two, maybe. Oh, fuck that, man. What was I thinking? <laughs> Holy Mountain deserves a one. Jeez. Uh, Retroactively, it got a one. <laughs> Once you were out of the haze of having just watching, you're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, some clarity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both, they're both bad. Yeah. Honestly, some of the, I don't know why we do this to ourselves. I don't do it. <laughs> it's not me. Well, yeah, but we both agree to the show. <laughs> yeah, but I find things that I think you'll like. <laughs> 
Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You never have actually recommended <sighs> something that's actively bad. Oh my so. goodness. <laughs> or at least, or at least maybe like I don't know if Thor will like this, but he might. So you know, I'm gonna recommend it to him. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. So there we are, folks. Gummo, one out of ten dead cats. Yeah. Which is appropriate. It's like a science class. Yeah. If you're, once again, if you're some kind of highfalutin film fucking douche, I don't, I don't even know how else to put it. (laughs) And you're like, oh, it's so, I love cinema that really challenges me. You'll fucking love this. Because it's challenging to say the least. Um, but if you like watching movies just for a good time, you like a really deep, rich plot with great acting, steer clear of this thing. All right. So I knew this was going to be a long episode. So let's start wrapping it up. What do you got for me next week? Uh, yeah, next week. What do I have for you? Now? Okay. So we are going to continue the movie train. Um, but we're we're going to... We're going to take it a different direction, Thor. Um, So there's a movie that I haven't... I don't know if you've seen this one, but um, it's Natalie Portman's first film. Okay. Uh, It's called Leon the Professional. Have you heard of this? I have not. I think I've... Is it a guy with a beanie? Yes. I've I've seen the cover for it. And he wears, like, John Lennon sunglasses. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen the cover for that. Okay. Yeah, him. Is this is that like a popular film? It or is, a well-known film? It's a cult classic type okay. of film. Cuz I definitely know I I can see it in my head picture like crystal clear. Yeah. Leon with like a guy with a, a beanie and glasses. Mhm. Yep. And I my assumption is it's like a Tarantino style film. Um it's so it's about a a hitman who's Leon and he through on through some circumstance, um, ends up taking care of a twelve year old girl. Okay, that's the film, and he kind of starts to show her the ropes of how to be a hitman. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, right on. So that's the film, and Natalie Portman is is the main um, the main character in it. But yeah, it's it's her first role. So next week, folks, we are going to get into Leon the Professional. Um. Did anybody go watch Gummo like Thor recommended besides me? If you did, I would really like to hear what you thought about Gummo because I hope I'm not alone. Yeah, I just I just hope I'm not alone. So tell us, what did you what did you think about Gummo? Um, did you like it? Did you hate it? Are you an art snob? Are you a highfalutin art fuck the way that Thor just <laughs> <laughs> a highfalutin movie douche? Or five, yeah. Um so let us know. Send us an email at getrectpod at gmail.com. It's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Nice. You did it. <laughs> and you can also find us on Instagram and you can also find us on Facebook. Now, since this is supposed to be taking place in Kansas, we do have some people who listen in Kansas. Senior Ohio. Oh, that's right. Wait, wait. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, people... Uh, the split lip Rayfield is from Wichita, that's Kansas. That's what threw me off. Maybe that's who's listening. Oh, you know what? Split lip 
Rayfield. Yeah. I hope that you guys are listening. Dude, I do. Your music's very cool. You know what? I think I like Split Lip Rayfield exponentially more than I like Gummo. Well, there's no question. <laughs> there's no question at all. <laughs> the musical equivalent would just be a whole bunch of drowning cats. <laughs> so, Like, so, yeah. hot take. Split Lip Rayfield? Much better than Gummo. I don't think that's a hot take. I I think the world will agree. Except for the final song, the shining moments of Gummo, the opening song, I Love My Little Rooster, Mm -hmm. and then the closing song, Roy Orbison. Yeah. Well, if you're in Ohio... Crying (laughs) over you... I fucking love Roy Orbison. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. If you're in Ohio or Wichita... Get a hold of us. Recommend some things to us so that we can talk about it. So that you can prevent me possibly from having another gummo situation. The more that you guys recommend, the less likely it is that Thor's going to recommend something that I'll hate. It will be a long time before we do anything (laughs) like this again. Alright. So until next time, folks. As always. You get wrecked. Stay wrecked.